As it is usually translated, man cannot live by bread alone. But it is the eighth day of Passover. <laughs> and I got to say, you can't live that well without it either. And I say that because, of course, the reason that that's something of a joke, not a great joke, is that bread's a metaphor. It doesn't literally mean you can't live without bread or you can't live by only bread. Because it goes on to say also that which God tells you you live with. In other words, not just the material, but the spiritual. And that's because metaphors help us understand the world even though they don't depict the world literally. It's important to be able to speak about the world in terms that the world isn't in order to understand how the world is. Many more people remember man does not live by bread alone than remember, listen, in addition to eating, you've also got to listen to God. Because the metaphor has a power and imagery can capture our spirits and our minds, and that's why I want to offer you a metaphor that I heard recently that is also taken from the real world, but as you will see, expands the more we think about it. This is from Nicholas Christakis, who is a professor at Yale of plagues and tragedies in history, and he said, when the tsunami hits, the only thing people do is try to survive. And it isn't until the tsunami recedes that you can see the damage. Then you see the homes that were destroyed, the lives that were shattered. Then there's the emotional repair. It's only once the tsunami is gone that you see that. And of course, he was talking about the pandemic. That even though people say the pandemic is over, What's over is the tsunami. Because however you felt about decisions that politicians made or health professionals made or about vaccines or masks or whether the, it came from a lab or a bat, it doesn't matter. Everybody went through the tsunami. And now that it's done, we are to change the metaphor to the Pesach metaphor, we're on the second side of the Red Sea. I mean, think about how the Israelites went through the plagues. Yeah, okay, it was worse for the Egyptians, but it was a series of traumas, each plague, and terrified them, and then they come to the sea, and even though we know how the story ends, can you imagine walking through the sea and not knowing if the walls are gonna crash back in on you? You don't know and you're running to get to the other side. And then you have the trauma of seeing other people drowned. And the tsunami now is gone. And we know what happens afterwards. The people are miserable. They complain. And it culminates in the building of the golden calf, which to a modern therapeutic mind might be seen as a response of PTSD. They had such trauma, they needed something 
that they didn't have to hold on to because they didn't know how to live after the tsunami. The other thing to realize is that life brings tsunamis fairly regularly. We talk constantly about how unprecedented the pandemic is, and it is in its way, but you know what else was unprecedented in its way? 10 years ago, the financial crisis, 10 years before that, 9-11, 10 years before that, the fall of the Soviet Union. Not so long before that, this week is Yom HaShoah. Human beings go through tsunamis in one way or another far more often than we think because when you're in the tsunami, you forget about all the other tsunamis. This is the only one that matters. But we have the advantage of being able to look back and see what it takes to make it through in the aftermath. And one of the things that we recognize is that all these tragedies also had an element of miracle. Right after Yom HaShoah comes Yom HaAtzma'ut. Right after the day we remember the Holocaust comes the day we celebrate the state of Israel. After the tragedy, there is a miracle. And every tragedy has elements of miracle. Whatever, again, you think about the pandemic, the fact that vaccines and medicines were developed so quickly, it's a miracle. And what we don't sometimes appreciate sufficiently is it's not necessarily that much easier to live through a miracle than it is to live through a tragedy. Anything that disrupts the natural order, that pulls us out of our orbit, that makes us change the way we see the world and understand the world, that's hard. This is not only a societal thing, it is also a personal thing. Today is also Yisker. Today's the day we remember those who died. And the miracle is that we can remember them and celebrate their lives. The miracle is that they were with us. The miracle is that we were lucky enough to share them. But it is hard on the other side of the Red Sea. So what do we learn? I think that again and again and again, we have seen that people who have gone through difficult things don't necessarily bond together as a result of them. Sometimes trauma pulls you apart. Do I have to say what's going on, not just in the United States, but around the world? how much less coherent societies seem, how much we've been pulled apart, and it's not surprising as we come off the aftermath of social isolation 
and distance from one another that people don't feel connected. And you can only imagine that the Israelites coming through slavery and then the 10 plagues and going through the sea, they didn't feel so connected to each other. But it says they stood as one at Sinai. It is possible to regain that which we have lost. We've done it again and again and again. What people could be more scattered and isolated and bereft and lost than the Jews after the Shoah? What did a Jew who came through the camps have to do with a Jew who had grown up in Israel or in Arab lands or came over to Israel from America? What did they have to do with one another except that they had a common purpose? And they believed, they believed that connection and love was the cure. It is, after all, at the heart of what it is in the Torah that moved Hillel. When Hillel said, what is hateful to you, don't do to someone else. That's the whole of the Torah. What was he basing that on? That doesn't exist in the Torah. How do you call that the whole of the Torah when it's not even in there? But what is in there is the ahavta l'reacha kamocha. You should love your neighbor as yourself. We have something of a love and connection deficit in our world. We have a lot of judgment and a lot of anger and a lot of dismissal and a lot of teams that fight each other. It's not surprising. That's what you get in the wreckage of the tsunami. But now, now that we're here, we have to take a deep breath and we have to build and we have to heal and we have to love. It took them a while through the desert. It doesn't happen in a day, and it doesn't happen in a week, and it may not happen in a year. But in the end, they didn't cross the Red Sea anymore. They crossed the Jordan, and they entered the Promised Land. Chag Sameach, Shabbat Shalom. We turn now to the Yisker service, page 330.